Living Local, telling the stories that connect us. A United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County podcast. I'm Katie Kuhn. If you live in Milwaukee or just love the city and all of the great work happening here, how many times have you thought to yourself, I wish our news media would cover more than just the latest shooting? You should add Milwaukee Neighborhood News Service to your daily routine. Milwaukee NNS prides itself on giving a balanced view of what is happening in our neighborhoods by talking to residents about all of the issues that face the community, with a focus on new initiatives and programs being implemented and community successes. Today I talk with Edgar Mendez, beat reporter for the Milwaukee NNS. Here's our conversation. Can you give us kind of the elevator speech, the 30-second pitch? What is Neighborhood News Service? Uh, The Neighborhood News Service is an online a professional uh, reporting website, journalism website, that focuses on issues that impact Central City Milwaukee residents. Well, one of our overarching goals uh, is to change the perceptions or maybe even give a more balanced perception of these communities and the individuals living in the communities um, than is typically given in the regular mainstream news. When you look at reporting in Milwaukee, uh, it's it's easy to find out about the latest shooting. It's easy to find out about robberies. It's easy to find out about an uptick in violence. And, and those aren't, in, in terms of violence as a whole, that's not an issue that we shy away from if there's a report, if there's something being done about it. But we feel that there's so much other things that are going on in our communities that people that you won't see in the mainstream news that you won't see in basically everyone else so you won't you won't hear stories about say a gentleman that's running a meal program out of his own pocket they will take the time to to meet residents and offer a more nuanced picture of our neighborhood so what has been your journey to getting to Neighborhood News Service? Have you worked here for a long time? Did you work in traditional, kind of those more traditional outlets before? Actually, I was one of the two original staff reporters hired at the Milwaukee Neighborhood News Service. My mentor, Jessica McBride, she's an instructor at UWM. She sent me a link to a job listing for the Milwaukee Neighborhood News Service, which was looking for a reporter to cover the Clark Square neighborhood of Milwaukee, which is um, on the near south side, which is a neighborhood that I was living in at the time. I've been working there ever since. So since I began, and that was, I would say, what, five years ago? Uh, We've expanded. Before, when we started, it was only Clark Square and Lindsay Heights. So we had one reporter for each neighborhood along with some volunteers. And since then, we've expanded to 18 neighborhoods. Uh, so basically, my role with the NNS has expanded. Also, um, I cover any anything that's going on in the city. Um, I, today, I had an article that came out that was looking at the, the lead issue. My last article before that was looking at a Code Academy in the Layton Boulevard West neighborhood, and that was one of the original neighborhoods that we, we started covering. So... In your experience, kind of through your education, learning how to be a journalist, what kind of surprised you about coming to Milwaukee Neighborhood News Service? Well, I think that um, the reporting here is is less conflict-based. Not that we don't write about conflict. Like, for example, my article today had, there was a lot of conflict between the city of Milwaukee, and then people are saying that the, the lead wasn't, the, there was lead in the water. But 
that's not our main focus. We also uh, take the time to report on a lot of positive work going on in these neighborhoods. And if it wasn't for the Neighborhood News Service, I don't think that these stories would be told. That's another thing that makes us different, I think, from the mainstream news is that we always try to make sure that we interview residents. So if there's um, a new building going up or if there's a new uh, something money donated or some new program that's going to be funded, uh, we talk to residents that are actually going to be in this program. Um, and I, I think that not all the time, but many times mainstream news is, is is following the money and they're talking to the big weeks. And, and that's not to say that news doesn't need to be told because it does. But as, as being a small news organization, we look for that second day lead. So they're going to be given the nuts and bolts of it. But what, where, is, where do we come in? And, and usually where we come in is talking to the residents and see how they feel about something. I mean, a lot of times there are people in the central city, they, uh, they feel that their opinion doesn't matter. They feel, uh, you know, neglected in a way by, by uh, mainstream news unless it's negative. Uh, and just by giving everyone a, a voice, I, I think that's, that's important, especially for someone like me who grew up in these same neighborhoods that I'm covering. And, and having had some of those same feelings in the past. And so um, I see, I kind of came to Milwaukee Neighborhood News Service uh, through Twitter. So that's where I, where I kind of met you. So how do you, you guys use social media to kind of reach new and different audiences? Do you have someone on staff who kind of focuses solely on that? We do. We have, um, I know Dwayne Burton and Adam Carr. They're our web online gurus. So... What we do is we don't only share our content, but we share articles from our, our partners, other media entities that uh, is relevant to our communities, and it actually ends up expanding our reach. Sometimes we even just post a picture. Uh, somebody's in, like, for example, after that uh, the unrest in Sherman Park, the next morning um, Adam Carr happened to be there at Sherman Park and just... Um, helping clean up and, and speaking with residents. And that day he ended up posting about, I think, five or six pictures that showed uh, people that were handing out water, people that were congregating, people that were talking, people that were uh, just, I, I guess, just talking about what happened the night before and concerned about the community. And those pictures in that post that he wrote actually ended up being our most shared post of all time. I think between the day of the unrest and maybe a week or so later, we ended up ga gaining 2,000 Facebook followers. I'm not sure how many Twitter. But, I mean, that was for a news organization with maybe uh, 6,000 followers before that. That was huge. And I think we were providing a perspective that that was a small segment of people that that, uh, you know, were unruly in, in that neighborhood that day. But this is a, a neighborhood full of people that work hard, that raise families, that have uh, kids that that love their, their community and they care about it. And they, they were out there that morning talking about how do they get their community back and how they bring about change. And I think that the Neighborhood News Service is uh, especially um, 
is is good vehicle for people that share those same sentiments to express those. Um, and so, when something like the the unrest in Sherman Park and and the um, the shooting that preceded that, when something like that happens, that happened on a Saturday, do you guys get together as a news team to discuss? Okay, how are we going to approach this, or is it kind of just deploy, 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 see what you can get, and then come together and kind of create some sort of strategy? And in those conversations, do you talk about okay? you know, this is what probably most of the media is going to do, we're going to take a different approach. Uh, I think it comes naturally just based on the type of stories that we write. But I, I think that one of the things that positions us uh, uniquely is that we've already been reporting on Sherman Park. We already have contacts in Sherman Park. We know people in Sherman Park. We've written multiple stories about Sherman Park. So when something like that happens, we already have people that we can contact and say, hey, what do you feel? Uh, but in terms of how we handle that specific situation, it was a weekend, and, and we don't publish on the weekend, so you know nobody was really, um, I don't think, working on anything that weekend. But and our, also our editor happened to be on vacation that week. Uh, Andrea, which is one of our reporters, was in uh, acting as editor that week, and we talked. Uh, I think she sent me texts and emails and said, "Hey, we need we need to do something. We need to write something." So what we decided was we need to write a reaction piece, a quick reaction piece, and it was about the residents. What do the residents feel? So myself and another reporter, we already had contacts in Sherman Park, so we called them and um, we talked to them. I think one of our reporters, Jabril, was all over Sherman Park, so he was already there. And that's Jabril Farage who does the community stories, right? Jabril or the Farage, um, Milwaukee stories. Milwaukee stories, right. yeah. I think Jabril even tried going down there the night of the unrest. If, if I know Jabril, he probably did try to get down there. Uh, but I know he was there the day after and the day after. And as a matter of fact, he's been our main reporter that's been keeping up with Sherman Park. He's written several stories uh, about the park closing early. Uh, about uh, He's just written a multitude of stories about it. But he wrote he interviewed someone i interviewed somebody andrea who also has contacts in sherman park uh interviewed somebody so we had a story lined up and i mean it was a community reaction to what was going on so i kind of want to switch gears and talk a little bit about the media's overrepresentation or misrepresentation of people of color particularly african-american men as violent as criminals um, people of color as living in poverty I definitely think it's it's something that happens here in Milwaukee and everywhere else that I've been. Um, you know, there's always that saying, well, if it bleeds, it leads. So they're reporting on crime. I think there's uh, several factors that go into it. I, I think that it's much easier resource-wise to send a reporter out to go cover a shooting, to send a reporter out to go um, cover a fire because, you know, it's going to get the same number of views as, as, say, a story about somebody that's doing good in the community, but it took way less resources to record. And, and also there's that um, the media uses fear, and, and this is something that's happened historically. So, I mean, the media uses fear as a tactic to gain viewers and to keep viewers. So by perpetuating these stereotypes, it's just another way to keep a captive audience. I know that when I was going through journalism school, and I've had this discussion with other reporters, not only why is, is crime in African-American neighborhoods reported more, but why when it's a African-American victim, is it 
just a flash 10 second blurb um when somebody in the suburbs gets murdered it's breaking news it's let's follow up this is coverage right this is a real person and and not just a number not just another uh, another homicide uh and we've had that issue and and one of the one of the things i learned about in journalism school and one of the points that one of my um colleagues before you know or somebody else that i know through reporting has brought up is the news value of unusualness that's that's makes it more newsworthy so he said well there's people getting um shot and killed every day in in the central city which is not true and in the suburbs maybe one happens every few months so that's why that meets the news value so that makes it newsworthy because it's uh, anomaly it's something that doesn't happen usually but i mean i disagreed i i disagreed with them and i i disagree that it makes it more newsworthy because i think that there's a lot of victims out there um that will never get to learn their stories that I mean, there's a lot of people that will never hear their stories, and it's simply because of the color of their skin and where they ended up becoming victims. Do you think that this is changing? Do you think it could possibly change? I think that that there's a little bit of conversation going on, and I think that maybe the NS, NNS has stirred a little bit that a bit of that up by by showing that there's an audience for different types of stories. Uh, and then also making people feel maybe a little bit, oh, you know, maybe feeling a little bit more responsible for the communities that they cover and, and realizing that, hey, you know, they're, they're sh- look at this story. We could have done this story and it would have gotten a great audience because it's a great story. But, you know, we're not, we're not looking and, and pouring resources into these communities. We're not sending our reporters out to get it, dig deep into these communities and to find these stories that the NNS is finding on a regular basis. And is it really just a lack of resources on the part of these big newspapers that they don't want to send their reporters to cover a story about, you know, a new education initiative? No, I think they're just following along with the the, the model that they've been using forever. I think that uh, it's almost, you know, when they do something in the community, it's almost like they feel like, oh, this is... You know, this is why we care about this community. I think that when Sherman Park happened, I I was, you know, I watched a lot of news during that time. And I think that, I don't know, to me it seemed like they almost felt a little guilty by the end of covering that. Because it was like, wow, you know, we, we've, been, we've been writing about shootings or we've been reporting about shootings and poverty and everything. But we haven't we have never really talked to these people and we've never really dug in deep and looked at the systematic issues that are causing this unrest, you know, and now here we are exploiting it and, and our reporters are running and getting roughed up. And, and, and you know what, they, they, the people that were in those neighborhoods, they felt like they didn't belong there because they knew what the news was there to do. And they didn't appreciate them being there. And I, and I understand. And I don't know, if I would have been treated differently, it might have happened to me as well. I mean, definitely, I mean, I don't, I'm with the Milwaukee Neighborhood News Service. We're not as, as well known, but, and I wouldn't have been walking in with a big camera because we don't do that. But 
I, I just, but it does sound like you're more trusted and more known in the neighborhoods. Right. I, th I think it's easier for someone to talk to me than it would be to talk to someone else. I mean, it, I not only I mean I speak like them. I'm the same color as them. It's not just that I'm that I'm a minority as well. But I think they realize just by talking to me that I'm I'm from the city and I and I care about the city. But yeah, I, I think that in in a way, news um, organizations kind of felt that pressure like wow you know we maybe we're contributing to this what's going on and and in a way because we're portraying a whole community as wow this is violent you look at look at the comments look at the people look at how people were talking about uh sherman park in the north side of milwaukee i mean i live on the south side and uh People that are Hispanic were, you know, saying that, oh, that keep it on the north side and this and that. And I and I was I was getting mad because I'm like, you don't you don't understand what's going on. You know, this could happen here because it's we're we're poor here on the south side. You know, you you don't understand the frustration that's building up in this community from people that are just tired of being poor, tired of being marginalized, tired of of feeling like there's you know of being hopeless. Um, so I, I, I mean, I hope that the media kind of looks at themselves and, and realizes that they, they have a role in this too. You know, they're not just outsiders reporting on Milwaukee and then they get to go home to the Christy. I mean, it's easier for me because I live in the city. So I, I'm definitely invested in what, what happens because I'm, I go back, I live in the central city, so I'm reporting around my neighborhood all the time. So I'm in, and I'm not saying that, Bad things don't happen, and I'm not naive, but I know that there's so much good also. Well, um, Edgar Mendes, thank you so much for sitting down with us um, and talking about some of these difficult issues. Thank you so much for having me. That was Edgar Mendes, beat reporter for the Milwaukee Neighborhood News Service. To read the latest stories of what is going on in Milwaukee neighborhoods, visit Milwaukee Neighborhood News Service at their website, www.milwaukeenns.org. Living Local is produced by myself, Katie Kuhn, Rebecca Schimke, Melissa Hannon, Brian McCaig, and John Waltbauer.